Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V Radio. Good evening, and welcome to this edition of V Radio. Uh, tonight, we actually have a pretty decent-sized panel, um, including a new radio host in the basically the Zeitgeist Movement radio movement. Um, and as always, I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves. I imagine one of the introductions will be fairly short because he's been on my show so many times. Uh, so I'm going to start with him and get it out of the way. Uh, Chibi, reintroduce yourself to my listeners. <laughs> After you pause the show, that is. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, this is Chibi from uh, the Missouri chapter of Zeitgeist Movement. Okay. Um, Chibi's been on a lot of our shows. If you go to the archives, you'll find at vradio.org, v-radio.org. Um, he's been a longtime panelist of V Radio and has is one of the people who... Okay, somebody else needs to pause. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. That's what I did it. There we go. Anyway, um, as I was saying, um, all right, EJ, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes, um, I'm EJ. I'm from uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, and I'm the uh, the uh, what you call, I guess, the nugget of the group, the new guy. I'm just trying to uh, get experience and uh, learn a lot from my um, guy, BTV. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, EJ. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell them about your budding show, too? Oh, well, um, I actually just started about two weeks ago. My first topic was uh, what does it matter? And basically we discussed, um, it was kind of a two-part discussion, basically about um, what does it matter that someone chooses to be, I'm um, going to just group it all together, be a theist or atheist, and if we all if we all have the common goal of an RBE, why should we try to force each other's beliefs on each other, whether it be to not worship or to worship something? And um, basically, those are my last two shows. I, I have another show coming up. Um, it's going to be about uh, democracy, but I'm just a budding show. I, I, I have. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. You know, fill out the the. the the people and see what people want to talk about. Okay, cool. Well, um, what was your, I basically, I actually already gave a link to your show. You can find it in the news section of the Zeitgeist Movement Forums. Um, that makes it your turn, Seth. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Seth. I'm from New Jersey. I help coordinate the New Jersey State Chapter for the Zeitgeist Movement, and I was involved with a Christian cult for um, a number of years. Right. I remember you telling me about that because that's one of the reasons you specifically asked to be a uh, you know, contributor to this particular show. So um, anyway, that being said, uh, now it brings you obviously to me. You, most of you guys obviously should know who I am by now. I'm uh, Neil Kiernan, a.k.a. VTV, um, and this is V Radio. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, tonight's topic you can read about in our blog, um, if you go to vradio.org, once again, v-radio or v-radio.org, um, and you click blog, it'll take you to my blogger's site. Uh, there you will see the blog titled, Is the Zeitgeist Movement a Cult? 
Um, you'll also see, you can find there the chip-in widget if you'd like to help uh, donate to keeping you know, me not homeless. <laughs> For those of you who don't already know the history on that, there's shows about it. But in any case, I am an employee of you, the listener. This is a uh, publicly funded radio circumstance, and because it does actually put, take a lot of my time to put these blogs together and to get all the guests together, um, in any case, uh, you know, the guests in particular I'm looking forward to in the future, we're working on a radio show where I'm going to have Peter Joseph of Zeitgeist uh, and Ben Stewart of Chimatica and Esoteric Agenda on the same show. Uh, it looks like I'll also be able to add Roger Stahl of Militainment uh, Inc. Uh, to that show. So there'll be three Internet-based filmmakers to talk about the importance of independent Internet-based filmmaking um, and to kind of get these people to share their experiences with the audience so that you too could consider, you know, getting involved in that. Uh, I'm also working on a project here shortly um, with the person I'm going to ask to introduce himself next. Um, and that would be uh, Sayadego. I always forget your name. <laughs> uh, say days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Aaron Moritz is my name. And, uh, yeah, we're going to work on that uh video together about trolling. Yep. <laughs> basically. Uh, basically a discussion and analysis on the tactics of trolls um, and just internet debate in general. Uh, that's We haven't decided what we're going to call it yet, but there's definitely going to be an epic fail in there somewhere. <laughs> so that being said, um, I'm going to ask all of my panelists to mute their mics so that I can read some of the blog. Uh, we will, as typical, we will pause the reading um, and every so you know periodically and ask different members of the panel if they have anything to add. Um, sometimes the panelists may not have anything to add, in which case they will not have notified me via Skype to tell me that uh, they have nothing to add. Seth cannot use that feature, so I'm going to ask him if he has something to add every time. So without, uh, without further ado, go ahead and mute your mics, and um, I'm going to go ahead and start reading this blog. Monday, December 20th, 2010, is the Zeitgeist Movement a cult? Now, where did the accusations that the, uh, basically start that the Zeitgeist Movement was a cult? Well, as most unfounded statements about the Zeitgeist Movement, it usually starts with someone who is angry because they were banned from the forums for being jerks. The next phase of this generally leads to them going uh, from being ardent supporters of the RBE and TZM to suddenly needing to find ways to demonize the thing that rejected them it's not uncommon for people to do this, though it is not exactly rational. Generally, people who have to, have, uh, have to resort to such aggressive conversational tactics have a lot of unexpressed anger, so they lash out at people they are debating with, and when they are called, for task for, called to task for doing so, they scream authoritarian at the people telling them to stop, because after all, they don't want to be told what to do, never realizing, of course, that by attacking someone, they are trying to dominate them psychologically are therefore seeking to take authority over them. On my show, we have been over that topic many times. And I am also working on a film project to cover it even in more depth. The reason I sought to review it uh, was because we, we needed to get to the core causes of why this, oh yeah, well you're a cult, nonsense generally starts. They are angry for being in their minds rejected because of their aggressive behavior, so now it is time to ad hominem the group that cast them out to protect their pride. The irony that generally um, what caused them to leave was not that they suddenly saw flaws in the RBE itself, just that they don't like being asked not to be bullies on the forums. 
But of course, suddenly, now all of a sudden, they hate the RBE too. And this is not all-encompassing. This is just a, a little point I would like to bring up is that, you know, there are other people who have made these accusations about cults and all that other jazz. But for the most part, the ones that you find are the most dedicated to that whole proving that we're supposedly a cult tend to be people who are just angry at the zeitgeist movement. But I'm going to continue. It reminds me of an angry kid who is told he can't be part of a club when some of his friends that some of his friends have formed. So they say with anger, oh, yeah. Well, I didn't want to be part of your stupid club anyway. Then they might go form their own club in retaliation. <coughs> RVOC. <coughs> so, the accusations of cult emerge. I have ignored this entire concept for some time because it seriously sounded so silly, I didn't even feel it needed to be addressed. In my recent debates, I decided to debunk it entirely. It didn't take long. It was then, however, that it occurred to me that most people didn't even really understand how subjective the concept of cult was, and therefore, it was very easy to cast a dark shadow on anything, uh, basically on anything by using that word. This is largely because of the vague nature of the concept. One of the books that Jacques Fresco strongly recommends is The Tyranny of Words by Stuart Chase. If you're interested in the book, you can find it at Amazon.com for a decent price. I provide a link there in the blog. It's about 20 bucks. Anyway, one of the major things that Mr. Chase covers in the book is that words generally have many meanings and psychological effects. And rarely do you have any idea what someone actually means when they use a word to convey a concept. People's idea of what a word means is highly influenced by their culture and environment when they learn the word. There are all sorts of other factors with it. Take the word communism. Say that word out loud in the United States and people get a negative feeling right away. Say the word capitalism in Soviet Russia, and you would have gotten the same reaction. There was a reason for that. It was that people on both of these sides had vested interests to psychologically condition the people in their prospective countries to dislike the ideology of the other country, thus the Cold War. I remember for years growing up during the Cold War being told that communism was bad, though for years I never really understood why or even what communism was. This was also to the benefit of the people propagandizing communism. If you say something is bad enough, or bad often enough, people will feel so socially compelled to go along with that. I mean, after all, if a lot of people say something is bad, it must be bad, right? Especially if they said it on TV. There are a lot of other words that have been charged by our culture to have negative connotations. Say the word Democrat, and this generally leads you to the word liberal, which is considered synonymous with socialist, which then in turn is synonymous with communist. See how that works? And that, what is the word communist associated with? Well, generally with fascist. So now, by calling someone a Democrat in some circles, this also means they are a fascist. It conjures up images of gulags, Stalin, an evil oppressive regime that spies on you with the KGB and sends you to prison in cold Siberia. And that is exactly what their opposition wants. There is a similar set of reactions you get with Republican, generally meaning rich and greedy, etc. Now, how do these associations measure up with reality? Without going into the socialist-communist tangent too much further, I would point out that all of the socialists I have ever spoken to, Patty Shannon and Brian Moore being two of them, one of whom is a well-known filmmaker, he did capitalism and other kid stuff, and the other is a former presidential candidate for the Socialist Party, Neither of them had any support for the idea of fascism or totalitarianism. In fact, both of them had a great deal of respect for personal freedom. 
They just felt that people would have a lot more freedom and quality of life in a world where resources were shared equally rather than being owned by a few people who demand servitude out of anyone who wants to have access to what they need to survive. So what does all of this mean to the concept of cult? I'm actually going to go ahead and pause it there and check over to see if anybody had anything they wanted to add at this point. So... Um, what am I looking at here? doesn't look like anybody piped in. Does anybody have anything they want to add? About just mostly, at this point, we're just kind of talking about how words could be charged and, and have multiple meanings. I, I can make a comment on, on just the first couple paragraphs, just so the audience all understands that, you know, we're not necessarily saying that anyone who has referred to the movement as a cult is automatically some angry ex-member. Obviously not the case. Um, there are those who word, use that word that don't fit you know, the above circumstances, for instances, for instances, uh, like in on YouTube or, or gaming forums, just people who are basically ignorant of, of the movement altogether that might just use that as something to put it off in their mind, you know. So not every instance where somebody's calling the zeitgeist movement a cult uh, fits that description above. That's just something I wanted to add. Right, I think I went over that a little bit. Um, all right, EJ? Well, actually, I think I'll wait till you actually get into the definitions of uh, of of cult. Right, but you understand the point about communism and democrat and socialism and how we have these words that you know, like, have kind of a you know, political oh, yeah. weight to them, and people just throw them around. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, for instance, um, for for sake of words, uh, all like a hippie is automatically considered a, a a tree hugger or a drug user or you know all these other things, but uh, at the same token, you get a, uh, let's say, uh, a user of certain drugs, and then, you know, they become hippies. So it's like, you know, a word is a word. Um, that's why I was just saying, I just wait till you get to the uh, actual definition. But I understand what you're saying, uh, how they try to say Democrat, left, liberal, and, you know, socialist, and oh, socialist, communist, and then, but they actually mean totally different things if you actually look at the aspect of them. But because people want to make a connection to it to to uh to demean it, shall I say, then yes, those um things come up, but right, actually, <laughs> I remember during the democratic debates at one point, Hillary Clinton got point blanked with, "Are you liberal?" and it really put her on the spot, like you know that was this really weighted concept, you know, and the and she started it with saying, "You know there was a time when being a liberal was considered a good thing." You know, it was the first disclaimer that she threw up because the accusation that she might be a liberal had so much word weight behind it. Um, well, um, without seeing anything further, uh, say, that was um, say, Diego, did you have anything? Um, just basically that. Um, hello. Yeah, I can still hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, just basically that, like these words can have such different meanings to different people that you can have an entire conversation about communism or capitalism or whatever, but if you're not if you both don't have the same definition for the word, you're not communicating at all, really. Right. Anything on from this from you, uh, Seth? Well, the only interesting thing is the the tactic of trying to stop a thought. Um and that's basically what sometimes people want to do is when they say, oh, well, you're, you're a communist. Uh, 
they don't necessarily want to stop the thoughts of the person that they're opposing, but of everybody else that's listening. Mm. And that is kind of a cultic maneuver, um, thought stopping. Um, when you talk about thought control and things like that, and whenever you put a label on something, the label is a handle, and the handle is used to control and steer things. So, um, you know, it's kind of a a lowly a lowly tactic to, to, to label things and and just try and run with uh, you know fear on that level. Right. You know, and that's actually what's, what we're going to get into next is that. Part of the other problem with using labels is that in many cases a word has many meanings. And therefore, if you have the agenda to make somebody look bad, then you may use, you know, a label. They may only, you know, have things in common with a couple of the meanings in question, but you're still not incorrect by using that word, even though it could mean multiple things, which is the reason why Jock suggests that people watch or read Tyranny of Words um, for that very, you know, express purpose is because of the fact that you know, when you're communicating with somebody, you have no idea what they mean by a given word, and words can be used as tools to mean all kinds of things. So let's go ahead and move on now. Um, once again, I'm going to ask the panelists to mute their mics unless they had anything to add. Um, oh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and add another one, EJ. Yeah, um, when you're talking about the uh, tyranny of words or like uh, the, like word uses, one of the biggest words that um, is, I, I guess. Uh, that fits this category so well is the word nigger. Now, as soon as you say that word nigger, I mean, I'm uh, I'm not trying to be racist or anything. For if anybody ha- cares or anything, I'm black myself. So if if that makes anything better, I don't know because I have my card. I can say the word. I don't know how that's that. Why, that's why I didn't tell you you couldn't say it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Right. Jock, Jock spits that one out all the time when he's trying to make the point. I think you're getting ready to say. So go ahead. <laughs> Exactly. When you first say that word, people automatically think, oh, he's talking about a black person. But the actual definition of the word is someone who's ignorant. So anybody of any race or color could be a nigger. But it's just that the the black people have used that or had it used against them as a, um, a, a racial slur. So that is one word that is just like one of those big things that I've grew up with my whole life. But you look at the um, the definition of it, it means it doesn't mean well, slang, of course, that's what it means, but the real definition is ignorant. So Right. And it's interesting also culturally, though, it's okay that you say that. It's not okay if we do. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? I, I don't see the the problem with it myself because, like, I, I mean, it's it's just another word to me. You know, like, I, I know what I can do. I know what I am. I know I'm not ignorant, so why does it hurt me for someone to say that? People call me that, like, I, I don't know if I told you the story, but like I was working and some guy just said, oh, my God, like pushing the uh, gear in. And they were like, uh, hey, we don't like no damn niggas around here. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, Go ahead. And, and, and to, to, that's exactly that was my reaction. It's like you drunken idiot. You're there. All right, whatever. But the thing is, once I set up all this equipment and the band came in and started playing, his drunk ass was dancing. It was. It wasn't that he was mad that I set up the equipment. If it was really that serious, he would have left. <laughs> but you know, it's like who's really the ignorant one? You know, who's the nigger? Right. But you know, but in reference though, that that word has a lot of charges with it. That's kind of what we were getting at. Is that it's come to mean more things than it was originally intended. A lot of words kind of go in that direction. Um, 
But uh, in any case, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read on then. Um, All right. Now, so what does all this mean to the concept of cult? The word cult has all sorts of negative attitudes associated with it. People immediately are taken to thoughts of the Branch Davidians who allegedly burned to death in Waco, Texas in an alleged mass suicide, or the Jonestown cult that drank the Kool-Aid to kill themselves. Uh, That's where you get that, you know, he drank the Kool-Aid thing that people parade around the Internet. The bizarre practices of the Church of Scientology, a note, not all Scientology followers are in the church, Bohemian Grove, etc. The problem with the word cult is that its definition is so loose that it is very easy to throw sorry that it is very easy to throw that word at anyone or rather any group of people who hold a similar idea. We will get into that directly, but the word is not even always used in a negative light. A movie can have a cult following, and when someone makes the distinction that they generally that distinction, they generally don't mean that there is some religious sect of people worshiping the film or its actors, etc. And sometimes it just refers to any group of people who happen to like a given concept or thing. The Kiss Army uh, affectionately refers to the cult that follows the rock band Kiss. They love their music and their image, so collectively they have this in common. So does that mean that all KISS fans would drink Kool-Aid and kill themselves with cyanide if Gene Simmons asked them to? Or even most of them? Or even any of them? Does it mean that the cult following of the original Highlander film would be willing to burn themselves and their children to death if the writer Gregory Wyden asked them to? Note, I don't doubt that people have done some stupid things and associated it with either of these things. But that is, an, that is individual crazy people, and it is not facilitated by the groups in question. A crazy stalker killing someone to impress their object of obsession is obviously not the fault of the object in question. So let's break down what the word cult means. Noun, a particular system of religious worship, especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies. Two, an instance of great veneration of a person, ideal, or thing, especially as manifested by a body of admirers, for example, the physical fitness cult. Three, the object of such devotion. Four, a group or sect bound together by veneration of the same thing, person, ideal, etc. Five, from sociology, a group having a sacred ideology and a set of rites centering around their sacred symbols. Six, a religion or sect considered to be false, unorthodox, or extremist, with members often living outside of conventional society under the direction of a charismatic leader. 7. The members of such a religion or sect. 8. Any system for treating human sickness that originated by a person usually claiming to have sole insight into the nature of the disease, and that employs methods regarded as unorthodox or unscientific. Now, okay... Let's look at each of these individually. Let's examine them and compare them to the Zeitgeist movement. So first we're going to take 1, 6, 7, and 5. Sorry that they're out of numerical order. 1, a particular, once again, once again, 1 is a particular system of religious worship, especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies. 6 is a religion or sect considered to be false, unorthodox, or extremist, with members often living outside of conventional society under the direction of a charismatic leader. 7, the members of such a religion or sect, or five from sociology, a group having a sacred ideology and set of rights centering around their sacred symbols. Now, the Zeitgeist movement does not advocate religion at all. In fact, if anything, it is counter-religion. 
Though being non-religious is not a condition of being involved in the Zeitgeist movement, it is a predominantly atheist movement solely because we value the scientific method, not religion, and not superstition as the arbiter of decision-making. People are free to have their own beliefs, and so long as they are not advocating something theocratic, as in the idea that their religion should have a place in making laws for other people to be forced to follow, we don't care. In the world we propose, people would be free to pursue whatever religion they want. And as I pointed out during the Rudy Davis interview, we would not be making any laws, nor would we advocate laws being made to force someone to be atheist, or not to practice any given religion. However, we also would not be willing to stand by and allow them to make laws to force other people to participate in their religious practices. We won't pass laws against women wearing scarves on their heads, but we also won't allow laws to be passed to force women to wear scarves on their heads. For some people, not being willing to, help, um, not being willing to help them be fanatic alone means that we therefore want to take their freedom away. That is too bad, but it is not logical. I have had to deal decent, or, um, recently with someone who insists that because there are some sources quoted in the first Zeitgeist movie that quote from various pagan religions, that we therefore advocate paganism. I had to explain to him, over and over, that the sources in the first film were to compare religions and how they were similar in an attempt to prove that Christianity itself was not any more divinely inspired than any of the pagan religions it copied. We also have had a deal with uh, some people who have suggested that because Jiddu Krishnamurti was in the beginning of the second film, that therefore we advocated the Theosophical Society. The Theosophical Society was yet another religious group that you could call a cult. And apparently they worshipped a god they called Lucifer. Jiddu Krishnamurti left the group and went on to pursue philosophy on his own. The problem with these never-ending distinctions is they, of course, only quote the ones that are helpful to their quest to prove that we are some sort of evil, fun-worshipping cult. For example, the first Zeitgeist film starts with the recording of a devout Buddhist named Trunga Ripochi. I'm sure I mispronounced that, so I apologize. Are we, therefore, a Buddhist movement? Among the sources of the first Zeitgeist film is also the King James Version of the Holy Bible, we also frequently quote Martin Luther King Jr., and obviously, we are not a Christian movement. The references to religion in the Zeitgeist movement are for the purpose of showing that all religions are questionable. And, this is also a quote directly from the movie, false institutions, and that superstition is irrelevant, and generally founded on nonsense. If we were some cult trying to get people to worship Lucifer, or advocate the occult, meaning occult, it would be somewhat counterproductive to state that all religions are BS, and I don't mean bad science, and to encourage people not to worship anything, much less Lucifer. I also had to explain, over and over, that the first film is not relevant to the Venus Project or the Zeitgeist Movement. Jacques Fresco himself, although atheist, does not endorse the first film. If you want proof of that, you can find it on my website during my interview with him in Florida that I have uploaded to YouTube. He kept insisting that since the first Zeitgeist film had a cult or allegedly Luciferian authors in its list of sources, that therefore our movement was based on satanic ideas. Finally, I point blank to the individual and ask them where in the Zeitgeist Orientation Guide, or any publication talking about the movement or the Venus Project, that it suggested that members of the Zeitgeist movement venerated Lucifer or suggested that people should. He, of course, could not find that anywhere. This would be because we are not a religious movement and do not suggest anyone be religious. Ever. If our goal was to spread Lucifer worship, it would have been pretty easy to state that. So concluding this part, the Zeitgeist movement is not a religion. 
does not advocate a religion, does not encourage religious practices, has no rituals or ceremonies. We obviously don't have any sacred ideology, and we do not have any sacred symbols because we don't believe in the concept of anything being sacred, because we don't believe in religion. And that basically disqualifies it from all the negative connotations that are generally brought up when using the word cult in the derogatory. So that's where I'm going to pause. Um, first of all, I'm going to ask you, Seth, since you have experience with cults in the past, um, and reading over all of the things that I've just demonstrated, most of this, as you can see, is kind of linked to Zeitgeist One. Um, what are you? What are your basically? What are your feelings on this? Well, uh, the the term cult is just it's too um, too general. Uh, when the, the folks that I uh, associate with that are ex-members and uh, and in legal terms, uh, you can't you can't go into a courtroom and say, "Well, this this place this thing is a cult." Um, when you when you talk about stuff like this. Um, in legal terms, you have to be descriptive. So we have language that describes certain groups, like uh, uh, high-demand abusive groups. That's a, a better name for it than cult, because that describes what it is. Um, uh, there's terms like... Um, i trying to remember the... the uh, coercive persuasion... Um, that's what a lot of cults do. But um, there's some great minds in the field, and uh, Robert J. Lifton is one. Uh, he had eight criteria for um, mind control, and uh, then uh, Margaret Singer, she had, um, she had certain uh, conditions of thought reform. So... But uh, just to just to say something's a cult because they don't like it is kind of a childish attempt. There really has to be a um, something more solid than saying, "Well, because uh, there's just this one thing about the group that that makes it a cult, and that that can't be." Because you have to have uh, Forms of control, uh, environmental control, um, getting people to uh, believe in certain things and then manipulating them based on those beliefs, uh, require, uh, making requirements of them, demanding their purity, uh, and uh, there's something called the cult of confession, sacred science. Uh, and then loaded language. Loaded language is an important one that um, cultic groups use because what they do is they they take the English language and they redefine it um, for people within the group. So when somebody says a certain word, um, that triggers a, a, a cascade of uh, thought process. Um, and... I, I've yet to see that. The, the closest thing to that is maybe Jacques using the term "unsane," but that's not really a <laughs> that's not a word. 
it's 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 not like he's taking a valid English word and and repurposing it. He's just taking, you know, saying that the, the world is unsane. It's not not insane. It's just unsane. Um, it's getting people to think about something rather than shutting their thought processes down. So. A lot of what we're talking about was in a, is in actually the anti-cultist blog, and we're going to get into that probably in the next show. Um, but yeah, the, was there anything further? No, no okay. not at this point. Well, um, all right. I know that EJ wanted to pipe in, so go ahead. Oh, uh, say say you didn't want to go first. It doesn't matter to me which of you goes first. I know that you you said that you wanted to go, so go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, when we're speaking about uh, uh, if for 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 the for I guess for the new listeners that we have on here, if there are any, or I don't know if you may have faithful, uh, but for the people who are hearing this for the first time, perhaps, and you may have some kind of religious religious belief, just remember we are not here to tell you that religion is wrong. We're, as you if you read it, it just says we just don't want it to interfere with the scientific. Um, uh, our scientific advances, we want uh, our decisions to be made scientifically, not based upon uh, uh, moral values, so to speak. I'm going to just leave it at that. And as far as this, the, the, um, the cult thing goes, you know, there, I, I can't, you know, since the, since the cult is such um, a, a, a vague word, I mean, the, the definition of it is so vague that, you, you know, we, Anything you do, you step outside, you could be a part of a cult. You go on the beach and sunbathe, you're a part of a cult. So for someone to tell us that we are a cult, you know, I, I've seen some people uh, today when this blog popped up was that, man, you know, um, this is if this is a cult, I'm glad to be a part of it. You know, it's like, well, hey, it's it's if you look at it as a bad thing, like we go and we kill babies and uh, we sacrifice them to, to Satan or whatever, whatever this other nonsense is going on, then, all right, if we actually did that, then, you know, that would be the the bad part of it. But you don't go and say that to the people who would go and spend money to watch a Harry, Harry Potter movie or something like that. If you actually sit down and watch some of these shows and, I, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Neil, but you say this guy, he, he looked at, uh, I guess, the Zeitgeist videos and said we worship Satan and something like that. He, he gathered that from our videos? Well, no, basically, it's one of the problems that comes up with this sort of thing is, you know, because conspiracy theorists, you know, watch the first Zeitgeist film, conspiracy theorists like to do research, and in some cases, they draw all kinds of parallels that may or may not even be relevant. And, you know, it's, it is when you look at, you know, because I had to talk to Peter about this just to understand a little bit more, but, you know, what it amounts to is that, you know, for example, um, in the movie Religious, uh that was made by, I want to say Bill Maher, is a, you know, atheist film, and he went and talked to members of religions from all over the world. He quoted them, obviously, as source, they were sources in his film. You know, does that mean that he's a Jew or a Christian or any of those things? Obviously not. Not not at all. I mean, if you get sort, people going to want sources, and if it's a credible source or if it's a, a shall I say a scholarly source, a peer reviewed source, what is wrong with it? If I want to do a report on the, the uh, Satanism or whatever, of course I'm gonna have some Satanist or some Satanic, so to speak, um, 
people uh, as references. So if you're going to do this on, on Buddha, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to get some um, references from Buddhists. He can't just go and get references from Bubba or Cletus, you know, from the backyard. So that's one stupid thing. And if you look at any video, I guess, anything, you can look at something. And if you actually sit there and try, anything could be the devil. I mean, like, for instance, um, uh, when I watched uh, Zeitgeist Addendum, um, and please, please, everyone, don't just take this and run with it like this, because this is not what it is. It's actually creativity. But, um, you know, this, like there was one part where this kid had a triangle. He made a triangle with his fingers and put it around his son. And, you know, everybody, you know, would have been like, oh, my God, the Illuminati, Illuminati, Illuminati. Well, no, that's not necessarily what that means. You know, what was it before it was the Illuminati? Um, I think what it is is people are taking things and running with it. Like, for instance, the Baphomet. I don't know if you ever heard of the Baphomet, but it's that uh, upside. It's the uh, invert upside down pentagram with the goat on the inside. Mm-hmm. Well, automatically everyone associates that with devil, the the devil and Satan. But what was it before that? For instance, the swastika. Um, you, you, we look at the swastika as uh, something totally terrible because it was used by the Nazis. But what was it before that? It was used as a sign of peace. And I think before people start going into uh, saying, oh, he had Buddha, uh, uh, a Buddha, Buddhist on his, um, his, as a reference. And, you know, if you go back in far enough in time, this Buddhist was actually friends with uh, uh, some guy who was um, friends with another guy who was a Satanist and ate little babies and then, you know, try to tie the whole movement to it. That's completely ridiculous. That's very true. That's very true. Um, and in fact, the swastika was also used in Japanese heraldry. There's a whole Japanese clan that used that symbol, and it, it predates um, Hitler by, obviously, a lot. I mean, mind you, part of the whole Nazi theology was that they were trying to you know, claim that they were descended from the Tuajidanan, the, the supermen, the, the gods of the Celtic religion. Um, and most people tend to forget that ancient Germans were Celts, too. Um, but in any case, I'm going to move on. Uh, Sayday, go ahead and um, add your point. Uh, well, EJ actually yeah. covered a lot of what I was going to say, but I just wanted to add that like, if we are a cult in this derogatory term or religious term that most people use it, we're a pretty bad one because we're constantly encouraging people to think critically about the things we say and about everything, basically, which really doesn't allow for you know the worship or veneration of people or symbols because that's a belief which is the opposite of actual critical thinking and I've never seen any like zeitgeist material that promotes blindly following anything without researching that's why we have the extensive reading list and backup information and forums to share ideas and yeah well yeah for sure and now that being said I guess I'll I'll take my turn um one of the things that's kind of important to make a distinction about here is that the people who say the word cult in the derogatory are referring to those Branch Davidian types, the Jonestown types, and that's the kind of word that they're trying to just cast over what we're doing. And the reason, one of the reasons I brought Seth on the show is that the major characteristics of a cult, the most important characteristics of a cult, things like 
you know, I remember, for example, they'd do things to your diet like you wouldn't eat meat because that basically made your brain, you know, less functional, made it easier for you to be subject to um, to suggestion. Uh, people are not going over to your house and, you know, and making sure that you're always with a member of the cult. That's another thing that cults do to try to, you know, to, they don't leave you alone for any length of time. Um, now, you know, and the other things that cults do, you know, the, the kind of coercive stuff. Now, the reason that we run into a problem here, and, you know, inevitably this this comes up, and this comes up in all of anti-cultist nonsense, is that um, because we ban people from the forums, that's some kind of coercive, not allowing anybody to speak, you know, dissent thing. And basically, I'm going to put this out here, okay? The vast majority of people who have been banned from our forums were not banned for voicing dissent. They were banned for the means by which they did so. They had a tendency to be really nasty, you know, the ad hominem attacks and things, which are actually, as I've pointed out before, ad hominem is an attempt at coercion. You're trying to attack somebody else into being quiet so that you can win the argument. We're going to get into all of that, obviously, in my in my film. But, you know, the, the point, though, is that the, the the major issues that people think about when a cult about a cult we're not living in some compound together we're not spying on everybody in the cult to be sure that they're all keeping in line you know none of that but the the action of not wanting people to be jackasses on our forums is not meant to be an action of a cult we just don't want to listen to people who endlessly sling insults to try to make their point and, and nobody would do that you know, and the, one of the reasons why this is so weird, and that's another reason why I'm making the film, is that because of the Internet, we have this kind of unique social thing going on, and therefore the sociology of the Internet is still being defined. And when somebody comes to our forums, essentially, they're talking about, you know, essentially, that it's like kind of like our home. You know, this is where we go to discuss things. And, you know, and it doesn't, you know, like, let's the example that I used when I was talking to Chidi today before the show was if you were at, say, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting or a feminist meeting or whatever, and somebody showed up who had an agenda that was contrary to what the meeting was about, when you're trying to talk about things to accomplish something, obviously you'd ask that person to leave. That's, that's not an attempt at coercive control. If you're showing up to a meeting where they're trying to discuss something and you're disrupting that meeting, that's your attempt at being, disrupt, you know, being disruptive and trying to assert control over the meeting. And that's, did you have something, EJ? Oh, no, I was just saying that's plain rude. Well, <laughs> Sorry. It, it is rude, and that's one of the reasons why these people get told to go. Now, the next kind of people that do get banned eventually is there are people who come in and they do have questions about what we're doing. In some cases, they haven't done their research. We answer all of their questions, and then it becomes abundantly clear that regardless of the fact that we've already debunked their logic and you know that we've already stated that we don't agree with their position – that's not good enough for them. We had this one guy, his obsession, and I mean obsession, was that we just needed to give everybody $30,000 a year, and that would solve everything. That the RBE was nonsense, and that if we just gave everybody thirty grand a year, well, everything would be fine. You know. And I argued with him, and I pointed out the flaws in his idea. You, know, you can go read those, but it pretty much just amounted to the fact that it, it's not practical, because if we gave everybody $30,000 a year, it would inflate everything, and the prices would just go back up and in the same fashion that the, the market reacts to minimum wage. But it was never good enough for him. And because it was his 
you know, this is my new thing, man. I've been saying it a lot because it's very perfect. Captain Ahab and Moby Dick, it was his white whale. You know, he just had to have his white whale, so, you know, he, he just wouldn't stop. And so then he started, anytime we had an active thread, even if it had nothing to do with what he was talking about, you know, um, he would still, you know, be uh, just bringing it into that thread because that's what he wanted us to talk about. So, yeah, eventually that guy got banned, you know. That's why we say, look, if you're not in the, interested in the movement, then then go somewhere else. We don't advocate censorship in that if you want to go start a blog somewhere, we don't care. You know, there's a whole internet out there. And in fact, we wouldn't just stand there, you know, um, you know, we wouldn't just stand there and let anybody else, you know, censor you either. Now, the reason that people like Anticultists try to say that we're censoring them is that they have a tendency to put stuff up that's not even relevant. And it might be stuff from people's personal lives or, you know, things like that. And yeah, so for the sake of our own privacy, we might ask that those things be deleted. Because anybody would. So, in any case, um, I see... Actually, let me ask Brandy. Did you... Anyway, um... So my point that I was trying to get at basically was just that we don't have any religious beliefs. That's and that's one of the core fundamentals of a cult. You know, and now let me ask you Seth since you're here, when you were in a cult, was was there any kind of behaviors that like you, the things that I was talking about, the coercive behaviors, the controlling behaviors, the fact that you you can't be alone, you know, things like that, you know, are, am I right about that? I mean, I mean, did you experience that in your own experience? Well, culturally, you all had to speak the same language, so to speak. Um, you all had to um, be on the same page. And that required, first of all, indoctrination. And they had an indoctrination class. It was a 36-hour class that they ran over three weeks, four, four nights a week. And that indoctrinated you into the group. And then after that, they had their literature. So um, anyway, uh, somebody's asking in the in the blog talk chat. Um, I was in a group called the Way International, and they were out of Northwestern uh, Ohio. Um, and then they had certain gatherings. Well, the, the one thing is they would have weekly get-togethers called fellowship meetings. Um, so uh, if you weren't in the loop on the weekly basis, then you were kind of like on the on the on the outs, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, the, the big social events that they would have, if you went to them, then you were kind of. It's really hard to describe, but it's it's like, um, you know how like the comic book people have their own thing and everybody talks and when they, you know, they talk about their stuff, they all understand what they're talking about. Well, cults right. are kind of like that, but it's more nefarious. It's more um, controlling. So. Well, that's, that's another aspect, obviously, that we don't share. I don't, you know, if I don't attend my local Michigan Zeitgeist meeting, I don't get called to find out why I wasn't there. You know, nobody makes any effort. I mean, they may on occasion, but it's never like as insistent as I've been ex as, as cults have been explained to me. 
you know, um, you know, it, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is money. <laughs> yeah. They look at what you're putting in the basket. <laughs> right. You know, if you're coming every week, more than likely you're giving your 10%, you know? So. That's that's basically true of pretty much the entire Christian religion. Um, and that's another thing, actually, that was pointed out in the Wikipedia article about the concept of cult, is that, ironically, none of the mainstream religions get labeled cults, even though they have all the same behaviors. You know, and, and I didn't really notice that until I, you know, basically was, you know, joining, kind of moving into the atheist movement. But now that I go back and look at the kind of stuff that Christians do in church, you know, especially the indoctrination of kids, it horrifies me. And when I was in it, I didn't even think about it. Didn't think twice. You know, and it's unfortunate that my, my ex-wife decided to turn Christian, like, you know, a week before we divorced, because now, of course, she's trying to indoctrinate my kids. And obviously, we don't suggest people to indoctrinate anybody, although um, I have told people, for example, you know, like I talk about this all the time on my show, I tell them to watch Cywar, I tell them to watch Consuming Kids, because those movies are about how not to indoctrinate your children, um, and I speak out against indoctrination all the time. Um, you know, and especially the conduct during meetings, I don't know what meetings are like in your specific chapters, I know what they're like in mine, and in my chapter, you know, it's really loose. And if anybody wants to leave, nobody cares. You know, it's a casual thing. And cults, as I've come to understand them, are not casual. These people really want up in your business. They want to know what you're doing all the time because they're trying to control your mind. You know, and uh, Zeitgeist spends an awful lot of time encouraging critical and analytical thinking. That's like the foundation. Um, and... Contrary to popular belief, it is in fact possible to converse with Peter Joseph and Jacques Fresco and change their minds about things. I've done it. You know, I, I've physically have done it. And but you have to know what you're talking about. And this is another problem that you run into quite a bit. When I came back to the origins of where this whole cult thing came from, you know, you take a group like RBEF, the Resource Based Economy Foundation. You know, they started their thing and they didn't consult with the Venus Project before they did it. It looked like they were running a scam. Obviously, they weren't running a scam, but that's the interpretation they got. So RBEF's um, essentially reaction to the reaction the Venus Project had about it, which was, hey, you're running a scam, cut it out, you know, was equally, was just, they, they fired back and they got angry about it. And then afterwards, now, pretty much all the RBEF people are on the same bandwagon as TZM is this big evil cult because they wouldn't, because Jacques and Roxanne you know, in their opinion anyway, would not listen to them and their ideas. So therefore, it must be a cult. It's just, it's too easy to throw also words like closed-minded and arrogant around because anybody who disagrees with you gets labeled like that. I've got another troll that's been chasing me around on the internet, you know, who has a problem with the fact that I don't like, you know, that I'm not into drugs and he wants the movement to be into drugs. And because I didn't agree with him 100%, I'm, you know, he just starts rattling off, well, you're ignorant and you're this and you're that. It's that, that negative reaction that comes from somebody not wanting to believe the way that you do. And that's, it's ironic that these are the same people that call us that we're a, you know, tell us that we're a cult. Because one of the signs of being a cult is supposed to be that kind of negative reinforcement. Um, you know, that they will attack you if, if you're not, you know, going along with the plan. So, now, Chibi, you said you had something? 
Yeah, I should have got a pin. I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, we were talking about what the religious aspect of of a cult. Right. Um, You're talking about atheism, I think. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah, I, I have actually, even by my own family members, been referred to as a as a follower of a cult uh, casually. Um, uh, a local church apparently did some sort of debunking process on the on the Zeitgeist uh, film. Uh, obviously, they didn't show the film, but the, you know the preacher I guess stood up and talked about it and said, "Yeah, there's this internet cult that's uh, an atheist cult," and that's another thing I've heard a lot: atheist cult. Um, there's a lot of people in the Bible Belt areas, especially, who who think of atheism as a religion. And uh, I'm not going to go into that argument. I mean, anybody who's interested in learning more about that, so they can debunk it. There's plenty of stuff out there. Just Google it. Um, that obviously atheism is not a cult or is not a religion. And uh, but but to religious minds, a lot of people think it is. And uh, and then uh, the movement is seen as an atheist movement predominantly. And uh, even a lot of people in the movement won't disagree with that. And so religious people often, you know, refer to it as a as some sort of atheist uh, cult following or whatever. Uh, and that's something I've had to deal with on personal levels. And also science cult. Yeah, that was another thing that uh, I've heard frequently, not just locally, but even on the Internet. I've seen that on YouTube or whatever, that, uh, you know, like that we worship science or something. Um, I, I'm just putting out more examples of... of uh, other ways that people have referred to the movement as, as being cultish or... Well, yeah, you know, actually, that's an interesting point that you just brought up, you know, that the church would go on the attack like that and use the word cult. Because as I pointed out, it tends to be yeah. non-mainstream religions that get labeled cults. You know, and and then if there's a Christian sect that gets out of line, well, they get called cults, too. A lot of people still call the Mormons cults. You know, um, a lot of people, you know, the Branch Davidians, obviously, they were labeled a cult. You know, they they weren't considered Christian anymore, even though they had more in common with Christianity than they didn't. You know, and, and that's the danger of association. I mean, were you, were you finished with your point? I'm sorry for interrupting. No, actually, uh, I, I mean, I just wanted to point that out, that th those are some other reasons that we are referred to as a cult. Um, and uh, any of the listeners that are followers of the movement, I'm sure, can come up with plenty of reasons why that that's a bunch of BS. But... uh you know, if you want to go into that, you may. I, I don't. You know, we'd spend a whole another hour talking about just those topics. So. Well, I'm sure we'll get to that. We haven't even finished the blog yet. But EJ, you wanted to talk about the Marines. Yes. Um. Like I, I heard you using these words, um, indoctrinated. Um. And uh, what other words you use? Oh man, I, I should have wrote it down. But um. Basically, one of the biggest cults in America is the United States military because as soon uh, I will speak for the Marine Corps for, for one, because that's what I was in. Um, once you sign your life away at MEPS, it's like, okay, we got you. So you, you get on a bus and you head to Paris Island. First thing that happens once that bus crosses that um, crosses on the Paris Island is some guy that you don't even know who the heck he is in a smoky and some freaking, uh, Camouflage Utilities starts yelling at you, welcoming you, first of all, welcoming you to a, a place you're going to spend three months of hell, and you start off with the doctrinization. They stick you there on um, yellow footprints, 
and all you do is follow lines, uh, to go wherever they tell you to go, um, and you, 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 they, they break you down. They take you and they break you down to a basically um, uh, somewhat of a mindless fighting machine because they, they will have – I mean, you got to think about what some of these people have to do for their jobs. Some of their people, jo- some of these people's jobs are to kill. That is their job. I mean, like, wow. And, and they have it in their mind that they're doing the right thing. And some, some of them don't even know. And when you do things like this, when you're in the act of doing it, you don't realize what you're doing until later on you sit down and you're having a beer. It's like, damn, that was fucked up what I just did. Excuse my language. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that is one of the biggest cults because you, you eat, sleep, and shit the Marine Corps. That's all you do. You you learn the history. Um, you, you have to have a haircut, perfect haircut every week. You have to be shaving every day. You, your, your uniform has to be crisp oh, depending on your job. And Basically, your whole career is in the doctrinization to listen to somebody else or follow orders. That's all you do. You know, and, and when it comes to the Marines, there is definitely, uh, I mean, even among other branches of the military, there is a very specific feeling to being a Marine. You know, it's, you know, they, you know, you say you're a jarhead, you know, that's supposed to be a negative thing. You know, but the Marines call each other jarheads now, kind of in the same way I guess black people call each other, you know, you know the N word. Um, right. You know, and it's it's it, there's a point of pride, there's a certain attitude about it. They they really take care of each other. I mean, it, it, not all of the aspects of it are negative. I mean, I know, you know, a friend of mine who you know, if he sees any Marine in trouble, he goes to go help them, et cetera, et cetera. So, but either way, you know, you're absolutely right, and that is that is something about you know that cults that also gets brought up is that. There's these heavy-duty brainwashing tactics that get brought in. And another thing that I think we're going to cover a little bit on the next show about this because it gets brought up is the idea of the of the shame versus reward. And I've seen this just even in little small social circles. You'll get a charismatic guy, you know, who gets people who follow him, and he kind of ends up – it's just like, you know, actually that's another example of the popular kids in high school. You know, they kind of – they wielded a lot of power over your self-image – you know, and it, you would you would join the the popular kid cult, you know, wherein if you if you're going to be part of this, then you're going to get social rewards, you're going to get prestige within you know within our clique of the in crowd, you know. Right. But you, but in order to do that, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of your individualism. You're going to have to you know only date people that they feel are appropriate. You're going to have to help them pick on people that they don't like or don't think are appropriate. You know, you're going to have to only have friends that they think are appropriate. I mean, when you think about it, high school really sets the foundation for you to be part of the cult of society in that aspect. You know, right. um, and that's it's when it comes to the Marine Corps, I think you're absolutely right about that. You know, in the military in general, they they really hit you hard. My brother was an officer in the Air Force. He helped build the flight simulator for the F-16. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he talked about that when he was in officer training. I mean, this is a techie, and they've still put him through all kinds of stuff. And like, when, Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to get that shit in the stick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, um, and uh, one of the things about that is, you know, like, he w- like, for example, his wife went to visit him, and he was afraid to kiss her because he was concerned that, you know, that one of the sergeants might see it, you know, and he, just because he knew he would get, sh- you know, he would get crap for it. So right. and and cults have that same thing, you know. They have that same attitude that they, these people really control you, 
you know, and the same thing is true of Christianity in its extreme forms. You know, like there was actually an article, I wish I could find it, but it was kind of attacking the issue of cults. And the guy went on to describe this, this evil cult. And all the women in this cult were forced to cover their heads and, and to dress a certain way. And, you know, they, they weren't allowed to have sexual relations. And, you know, just went on and on with all of these descriptions. Then he reveals the cult. And he was talking about a convent. Um, right. You know, nuns and the way that they're forced to live. You know, right. that they cover themselves up and there's all these rules. And, you know, and they, that's one of the reasons he, he pointed it out was that for some reason we have this selective way that we use the word cult. Um, you know, so in any case, um, well, well, before you move on, yeah, I, I, just, I, I just want to make a, uh, um, it's kind of, it's kind of scary, but when you mentioned that, like, um, you said you had a friend, anytime he sees one of his, um, Marine, uh, Mar- Marine guys on the side of the road, the thing is everywhere I go, I know a Marine once I see him. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with any other Marine, a Marine to know a Marine when you see a Marine. Like if one's passing by in the car, it's like yeah, he's a Marine Corps aviator. It's even if it's just, it's it's obvious to us, but like people are, are, will miss it. Like even if it's just a little sticker, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll pick up on it or a small tattoo on his wrist or his arm or something. I know he's a Marine, but a lot of people are like, dang, I knew him for uh, three weeks and I didn't know he was a Marine. You know, it, it's just that I, it, it's kind of scary, but like. It's the cult. It's I guess the the kind of cult part of it where we draw towards each other. You you know your own kind, so to speak. I guess you could call it. Well, that it also kind of points out that there's a certain culture that goes along with it, and these cults do that. You know, that's how the Branch Davidians. You know, they identified with a certain thing, and I've met a Branch Davidian before, and and they are kind of a different breed. And you know, and I and I also you know I've I've played the film uh, Waco: The Rules of Engagement, and I strongly suggest that people check that out because that's why I said the alleged mass suicide. I do think there was a lot of a lot of questionable things happening that day, but I also do agree that the Branch Davidians were clearly a cult. It's alleged as to whether or not they were doing anything to hurt anyone, and that's kind of the important point. Now, um, I'm going to go ahead and continue reading because we're already you know past the first hour, and I haven't completely read. Oh, sorry. That's no problem. Um, in any case, uh, now, uh, so what about this one? And this would be number two. An instance of great veneration of a person, ideal, or thing, especially as manifested by a body of admirers, for example, the physical fitness cult. A lot of people in the zeitgeist movement do admire Jock Fresco for his work. Nobody is building any shrines to him. Nobody believes he is God or mystical. I know people who admire Muhammad Ali for his boxing prowess. In fact, I know a lot of people who do. I guess he's got a cult too. That doesn't mean they worship him. So religion, again, is way out, is basically is out of the way here. But as the definition provides a non-religious example in the physical fitness cult, we come to the non-negative connotations of the word cult. Being devoted to physical fitness is not a bad thing. Being a KISS fan is not a bad thing. This is where the word gets very subjective. Because you could say neo-Nazis are basically the cult that venerates Adolf Hitler and his racist ideology. And obviously that is not a good thing. But it's still not religious. But when you really look at this closely, cults seem to be everywhere. The Republican Party. The Democratic Party. The Socialist Party. In fact, just about every political party could be considered a cult. Labor unions. 
the feminist movement, the civil rights movement, any organization that advocates certain principles. Hell, the Salvation Army is a cult by that condition. Charitable organizations are cults by that definition. The list goes on and on. The reason we run into trouble is, as demonstrated in the tyranny of words, there are often multiple meanings and multiple spins on any word or concept. The Zeitgeist Movement, like any other group that suggests a certain ideology, has people who oppose that ideology and seek to therefore actively oppose it. And propaganda is a powerful tool for defaming an ideology. So very much like the word communist being used to attack socialists, the word cult is used to attack us. Only it's worse, because anything can be a cult if more than one person is interested in it. So by this definition, allow me to direct your attention to a few cults out there. The anti-conspiracy cult. We can use the Conspiracy Science Forum users as an example. A group of people who collectively feel strongly about a certain set of ideals are very abusive to people who oppose those ideas. In fact, they spend hours and hours of their life stalking into the personal lives of people who advocate these things that they oppose in order to defame them. The free market capitalist cult. Some have called it the cult of Ayn Rand. Again, a group of people who collectively feel strongly about a certain set of ideals are very abusive to people who oppose those ideas. Here is the difference. Since I have a habit of being fair when those who call us a cult do not, I do not believe that either of these groups has rituals or specific religious beliefs. Though they can both uh, be rather fanatical to the point of being irrational, I don't see either of them passing out Kool-Aid with cyanide in it to end their lives in protest of a world where some people believe in conspiracy theories or just don't think the free market is a good solution either. But when these people try to make that distinction, when it comes to us, they take advantage of this association of the words to suggest that we are some sort of Jonestown cult drinking the Kool-Aid, even though we as a movement hold no religious, religious, um, sorry, the religious beliefs at all. So I'm going to pause there again. Um, so, <laughs> Sazadego, you brought up the Randroids. Did you want to comment on that? Um, I don't have much more to say. I just thought it was a funny word. Someone posted it as a comment on uh, on capitalism epic fail video. They're like, too too bad nobody can make a video like this without all the randroids coming in and attacking you. <laughs> well, that's an interesting point, though. That you know, there are some people who are pretty damn cultish about the, their veneration of Ayn Rand. Um, yeah, I tried to point out to them things like just horrific things she said and they're like well yeah but you know there, there's good things in her ideology too and like, okay um like what <laughs> <laughs> tell me which one of the things that she said gets her off the hook for saying it was okay to slaughter native americans <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which one of the things that she said gets her off the hook for saying the same thing about the people of the middle east and that That's any developed country has the right to destroy any non-developed country to take its resources because the hard workers deserve more. That's right. That's if they deserve more, and if they've got to give out some blankets coated with smallpox to get it, well, that's okay. That, that's just extra work. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it, and that's that's actually one of the reasons I pointed that out is some of the people who are into that free market stuff will say some pretty irrational things to you. I mean, I, I'm going to point it out again. That guy who said that you know history has proven that wages go up with production, as if it was like a law of physics that your boss has to pay you more or will pay you more or will somehow physically be forced to pay you more if you're more productive. 
even though reality proves that that's obviously not the case. But when I, you know, when I pointed that out to the guy that if that were the case, outsourcing wouldn't exist, he just told me I needed to study more and then I would understand, which is another you know, accusation that gets leveled at us. And I understand why, because sometimes people go to that a little bit too quickly when discussing the Zeitgeist movement. But in many cases, it's, it's something that gets said because we do get a lot of people who don't really understand at all. We get a lot of people who just say stuff that's just out there. I mean, it, it's not even you know, just that they, they've read the concept and they don't agree and we say that. It's They say things like, well, Jacques Fresco advocates a totalitarian fascist control of the planet. And I'm like, yeah, you clearly haven't read a word he said, have you? <laughs> you know, because obviously that guy hasn't done any studying. You know, but when yeah. I say, hey, wages go down, not up, and the guy argues with, you know, just says I need to study, well, that's obviously a problem. What were you going to say? I said I actually had a big conversation with this guy who was working um, in a bong shop, actually, and, and he was arguing about how he has the freedom to choose where he works, and how that is true freedom. And I said, "Well, uh, uh, I kind of lost my thought. I can't remember what you were saying." Now. Well, no, I get it. Actually, what you're pointing out is that it's true freedom that he has the right to go enslave himself, and he acts as though he has the freedom of not working, because you yeah. can choose not to do that. And he was actually bringing out this book and trying to disprove um, technological unemployment. Like, we stopped in just to drop off some flyers, and we were like, oh, a bong shop, they'll, they'll let us leave some here. And he had this economics book, I don't know what it was called, but he was saying how in the cotton industry, when machines were introduced, employment went up. And we were like, well, what about every other industry where it didn't go up, it goes down? And how many people are employed making cotton today, like... I I don't know when this book was published, but I don't know. Mhm. All right. Well, Seth, did you have anything you wanted to add to this part? Uh, I did, and I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Essentially, we were talking about how there's cults everywhere. You know that you could just you, like remember the instance of ve great veneration of a person, ideal, or thing, and how. You know, like there's just these cults are everywhere. You know that there are people in the Zeitgeist movement who admire Jacques for their work, but nobody is building any shrines to him. And then I pointed out that you know there are a lot of other cults, like the physical fitness cult, you know, the Kiss cult, things along that line. Did any of that fire up your memory? Uh, talking about how political parties fit the fit the definition of cults. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to use the word cult. And knowing that it's like a generalization, then yeah, there's there's a lot of cultic. I mean, it, our world is becoming more cultic since the '60s, or since the you know, actually since uh, Edward Bernays started laying in his little philosophy on the world. But, right. Um, I mean, if you're going to pinpoint it, and you want to. You really want to narrow it down to what people really think when they say the word cult, then you have to go with the definition of an abusive group, uh, a controlling abusive group. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, and and that that does rule out religion. Uh, religion is just the tool of cults to get people, you know, to control people. But in the end, a, a real an abusive cult isn't about religion or ideology. It's about getting money and getting warm bodies to do free labor and sexual favors, if you 
Well, damn it, if we're a cult, where the hell are my sexual favors? I I, I want some. I'm missing out. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, You know, I just, honestly, no, I I see where you're coming from. And, and, you know, some people suggest that we want money, and I've pointed out more than once. I mean, although, you know, yes, I do take donations for V-Radio, Peter could be making a lot more money on his movie. He doesn't need to sell them for five bucks a piece. He could be selling them for... For $15 to $20, that's what DVDs usually go for. I mean, you could go along... Actually, that's an excellent point. You could say that Alex Jones and the InfoWars thing is a cult along those lines. You know, you know, they've got all kinds of proof that that guy's in it for the money. He does stuff like, you know, they ran out of uh, autographed copies of one of his movies, so he had his, like, workers, you know, in their forging his signature because he didn't have the time to sit down and do it himself. You know, um, that, that's an excellent example of cult-like behavior, at least from the perspective of being there to take your money. You know, um, now, uh, Chibi, you had something that you you wanted to point out. Um, I, I remember because we talked about it before the show in regards to this issue of, you know, like how cults are just kind of everywhere. Um, do you want to try to add it now? Well, yeah, the first thing that came to my mind when you told me about this, uh, I started saying some of the same things that as I read on, you know, you had already put into the blog. So uh, I guess there's not a whole lot to add there. Uh, I would say that uh, along the lines that, you know, the last few paragraphs, uh, yeah, there are people who who hold Jacques or Peter in high esteem and, and, and do become, uh, I mean, People in general do tend to to be followers. Um, we've been trained to be that way, um, and and I don't think that that's how they should be. I do wish that people would really work on their critical thinking and not just take. And and Peter and Fresco will both say this as well. They don't want to be leaders. They don't want everyone to just follow everything they say. Go read and and work on your own critical thinking and work on your own BS detectors and you know. Learn some of this for yourselves. You you don't have to agree with everything they say. Um, <clears throat> that's right. something I would like to see more of within the movement. Uh, but in any case, that doesn't make this uh, a cult. They they themselves, who who some people say, you know, oh, they're we're all a bunch of followers, uh, cult followers of of these particular people. They themselves say they don't want to be followed in that way. You know, they want people to go out and think for themselves and, and learn some of this as they have. And, um, you know, they can't control what everybody within the movement, quote-unquote, does. Um, so, yeah, there are some people who, who will just be followers. They they were followers before. Uh, well, we all were. We all are, I guess. Um, and and um, they will be in the next group or they, or they will be here or whatever. Um, I, I would advocate that that people listening uh, you know people in the movement go out and and really spend some more of your personal time <clears throat> sorry hold on well neil mm-hmm. sorry uh, i don't think he was oh, done yet go ahead oh, oh okay i got something in my throat there uh you're next oh, okay. i'm sorry <laughs> some yeah. of your personal time you know going out and, and reading from a lot of different sources and trying to learn about some of this stuff for yourselves and and come to your own conclusions and uh, um, I don't know. That's that's pretty much. Uh, there was another thing about brainwashing I wanted to address, but I can't remember where it fit into this. Uh, 
because I know that was another thing with cults that they they talk about brainwashing, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that word gets misused uh, a lot because uh, it's usually through coercion that brainwashing occurs, or, or you know you can use words like indoctrination. I mean, te- depending on how you define it, I mean I, I would say spreading information and brainwashing two different things. Uh, yes, we're, you're going to promote certain information. And that's going to affect everyone exposed to it, whether it be positively or negatively. We're all products of our environment and what we're exposed to. So in some sense of the word, we could all be, you know, brainwashed by our environment, but not coercively in in all, you know, not all the time is it coercive. So I think that's a big difference that needs to be recognized um, as well, you know, that this isn't brainwashing. Um, yeah, there are tactics used, like in Peter's videos. Uh, I know anti-cultists and, and some of the people, you know, they've talked about how, oh, he plays spooky music and this and that and tries to evoke emotional response. Well, yeah, he does. It, he's being artistic, and uh, or that, that was his attempt anyways, and I, I can appreciate that, and that doesn't mean I have to use the emotions that I experience while I'm watching the Zeitgeist movie to justify all the information as being true, um, again, you, you can still step back afterwards and, and look at all this for yourself rationally and, and try to be objective and and still come to some pretty positive conclusions about the whole thing. It doesn't have to be cultish at all. It, it really, I don't think it is for most of us. Uh, right. Now, you know, to address what you were saying before EJ goes next, um, I wanted to point out that, for example, what ended up getting me here uh, was that I came away from the cult of personality that was the Ron Paul group. And I'm not the kind of person who just blindly takes what people say. Um, and I do admit, and this is one of the things that I pointed out on the blog, was that I had no doubt whatsoever, for example, that somebody somewhere has done something stupid because of their veneration of the band KISS or their veneration of the film Highlander. But that doesn't mean that that was by design. You know, obviously, Gene Simmons doesn't intend for anybody to go hurt anybody with his music. You know, in fact, most, like, you know, there's a cult following around Megadeth. And one of the guys, one of the, that guy who went shooting people at Virginia Tech, you know, uh, quoted the Megadeth song before he did, and it really, really pissed off Dave Mustaine. Um, You know, but does that mean that it's Dave Mustaine's fault that that happened? Obviously not. And things like this, you're going to get people, because as you pointed out, there are a lot of followers out there. People want to be led. That's not the fault of the Zeitgeist Movement or Jacques Fresco or Peter Joseph, because that's not what we encourage. We encourage people to think for themselves, to be critical and analytical thinkers. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to agree with everything you say when you critically and analytically think. And that's kind of what becomes a problem here, is that a lot of these people who say that sort of stuff, that's why I brought up RBEF, their attitude about us supposedly demanding them to think a certain way comes to the fact that we listen to what they said and we still don't agree with them. And they can't accept that. But that must mean that we're a cult because we don't agree with them. Now, if we just did everything they said, well, then we wouldn't be a cult. That, that's the silliness and the, and the arrogance that goes into this sort of thing. Now, in addition to that, um, I, I wanted to point out that um, I left that movement because I didn't like what was going on. And I pointed out very factual reasons for it because Ron Paul supported Chuck Baldwin. I've told this story a billion times at V-Radio, so I'm going to be very quick. 
Um, Ron Paul supported Chuck Baldwin. Chuck Baldwin supported theocracy. I obviously do not support theocracy. I pointed it out. Certain people within the movement who do not think like Ron Paul does, because even Ron Paul, he, he leans Christian, but he does not advocate theocracy. It is a difference of opinion between himself and Chuck Baldwin, which is the reason Ron Paul's not in the Constitution Party, among other things. Okay, um, But there were people who acted like, just because I spoke against Ron Paul, there was a problem with me. Like, how dare I? Even though I was 100% right, the things that I pointed out about the Constitution Party platform being anti-gay, anti-gay marriage, you know, anti-free speech, they thought the First Amendment gave them the right to ban profanity and all kinds of nonsense, absolutely dead on. But there were people who came after me for that. We don't get that sort of thing here. You know, if, if you disagree with stuff that, that, that might be going on in the movement, you can talk about it a bit more than that without somebody acting like just irrationally like there's a problem with you. I've never run into that. You know, I don't run into, you know, people telling me, you know, that there's something wrong with me as a person or how dare I challenge Jack Fresco. Like, because as I said, I've had disagreements with Jack and Peter. I've come out on top of those and I've come out below those. And the times in question, Peter didn't demand that I listen to him. He didn't force me or coerce me. He gave me information to support his position and then I either agreed or disagreed, depending on the circumstances. Okay, that doesn't, you know, but that's that's the difference. When it came to the Ron Paul situation, I gave solid evidence, and then nobody wanted to listen. And that's not Ron Paul's fault at all. One of the reasons, and I figured this out, the reason it's so hard for people in Ron Paul's movement to get a hold of him is because he has so many nutcases who he did not invite to the party, but are at the party, you know, um, that are basically putting him in a position, you know, they, they, they clamp onto his movement, and he has no control over them. And the same thing is true of anybody who would be fanatical, and I, you know, I mean fanatical in the derogatory sense, about Jacques Fresco or Peter Joseph, especially if they haven't studied enough to know what the hell they're talking about. And that's how you end up with people who can't you know, cognitively debate about this stuff. You know, so, yes, it's possible that there are certain members of any large group that are fanatical and are not necessarily very rational, you know, in their following. And if that's the case, that's true of any large group. It's, it's not going to change. For the same, but it, that's true of any large group that venerates anything. Even, you know, like I said, people in the KISS Army, some people, like, they, they, they go without paying their bills because they want to buy stuff for KISS. Is that KISS's fault? Was that by design? No. So, in any case, um, I'm going to go ahead and move on to EJ. Oh, well, basically, um, where I was going to go with this is, like, basically, we all just have to get an understanding of uh, of what someone is actually trying to do before you start going and labeling, um, <laughs> labeling, let's say, a cult, for instance. Like, um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have not actually sat down and uh, listened to what Peter had to say or... Um, read the PDF or whatever, whatnot. But the thing is, if you don't, then you go, how can you really jump on the bandwagon and, you know, say that this is a cult or that we're trying to um, worship this or worship that? I mean, an interesting story is, you know, first thing, like, uh, for instance, um, Satanism, okay, which is uh, when people hear the word Satanism automatically, I think uh, most people will probably think, oh, uh, worshiping the devil and 
uh, killing baby or, you know, sacrifices, drinking blood and, you know, I don't know, some crazy off the wall stuff, totally evil. But actually, it's really not like that. You know, this based around selfishness. Basically, you do what you want to do. And if you choose to love somebody, you can. But it's all about, hey, I feel like going to have me a drink right now. And I'm going to go have a drink. It's not about, you know, you having to answer to some higher power for going to have sex with 16 women in one night, for instance. You know, you you, you do what you want to do. And it, that's basically what it's all about. And when people try to sit here and say that we are uh, Satan worshipers, um, you know, ask, ask me if I worship Satan. I don't worship Satan. I ha- if we are actually a considered an atheist movement, how can we be Satanists? How can we worship the devil? Because uh, last time I checked, the atheist doesn't believe in any type of theology. Unless I'm no, you're you're very right, and that's actually that's a point that I kind of made earlier was that it did it seemed counterproductive to the idea that this accusation that we're supposedly Lucifer worshippers, yet we spend all of our time telling people that religion is stupid and that superstition is stupid. That that's kind of counterproductive, you know. And if it was like you know they're like oh well no it'll all get revealed eventually that you know it'll get revealed to you that the super secret religion is you know is this and I'm like. If Jacques Fresco and Peter Joseph ever turned to me and say that now we're all going to join the one world religion of worshiping Lucifer, I'd laugh at them. And I can't think <laughs> of anybody in the movement that would go along with that. In fact, I'm going to ask every caller here. I'm going to start with you, Chibi. If Peter and Jacques told you that it was time to start worshiping Lucifer, what would you say? What have you been smoking? <laughs> Got it. All right. Say, Dago, would you be all on board with the, the worship Lucifer thing if Jacques and Peter told you? As long as they know how to make the circles of salt and all of that, like if they can instruct. <laughs> them. No, no, of course not. Oh, okay, but 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 Peter and Jack told you to. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. I might have to think about it. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I would have to say, hey, uh, what the hell are you smoking, and can I have some? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Seth? Um, I just want to know if Lucifer is good in bed. Oh, okay. So basically your condition of, of of joining the Luciferian cult, because, I mean, obviously that's what we are, because some stuff that might be linked to the Luciferian cult was, quote, you know, was sourced in Zeitgeist Denim. We must, therefore, all be Lucifer worshippers. As long as somebody in, in question was good and bad, then you'd be on board. I got that. No problem. Uh, awesome. I, I'm just going to go with um, no. <laughs> Every Satan worshipper I've ever met was a total jackass. So uh, no thanks. Um, you know, and actually, one of the things that Chibi just pointed out in our in our our host chat was kind of interesting about cults. There are a lot of the uh, people who are calling us a cult right now. Um, in fact, Christians, for example, who are all about Ayn Rand and Ayn Rand's general behavior in the uh, objectivism movement. You know, she was really a cult leader when you look at it. She arranged marriages. She coerced people into having um, affairs with her, you know, and she could eliminate you from that group of friends, like almost like an excommunication from the Pope. I mean, this woman had a lot of control over the people around her, and now the whole Tea Party movement acts like she's a goddess. You know, do you want to comment further on that, Chibi? 
Uh, not that, well, I would suggest a book. Uh, Michael Shermer's Why People Believe Weird Things has a, a whole segment devoted to that uh, objectivism and Ayn Rand, and, and, and he actually refers to it as a, as a cult or a cult following in that book. So. That's an excellent point. Well, let me go ahead and get to the rest of this blog. Um, now, can I? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, on the topic of brainwashing, when, whenever anybody brings up brainwashing, I have to laugh because brainwashing is a specific technique and it involves physical and mental torture. And it also involves um, uh, the person who's being brainwashed has to have a handler uh, in, in close proximity. Um, brainwashing never works. It wears off as soon as the person is out of the, the control of the um, those doing the brainwashing. So uh, mind control is a far more potent technique, and that's why um, that's why cults use it. That's actually like you said that you know certain things wear off like when you're outside of it. That's why the the cults that I was referring to they never wanted you to be alone. They always wanted you to to be there so that, you know, they can continue to reinforce you. And that's why people go to church, so that they can bring, you know, they can renew their faith or, you know, they to keep your faith going. And I remember distinctly when I was Christian, I went to church for the same reason more than once. You know, I feel my faith is lacking. So I'm going to go to this place where there's all these other people who believe this thing. We're going to sing some songs and talk about this thing we all believe in. You know, and that's the reason that they would do it, is to renew their faith. You know, and it, even if it was completely irrational, it's okay because a bunch of people believe it, therefore I should believe it. You know, and so I'm going to move on now to the rest of the blog. Uh, finally, number eight, any system for treating human sickness that originated by – somebody's making noise. Please mute your mic. Um, finally, number eight, any system for treating human sickness that originated by a person usually claiming to have sole insight into the nature of a disease – and it employs methods regarded as unorthodox or unscientific. Um, in I guess it basically is like a snake oil salesman um, or faith healers. In Zeitgeist Addendum, Peter points out that science took us from believing that demons cause disease to modern medicine, and obviously we do not advocate methods that are unscientific. While I have seen some members of the Zeitgeist movement who are against vaccination or are vegan, or whatever, none of those ideas are held by the movement itself. If vaccinations do not work, then science will prove that. If being vegan is the way, then science will prove that. But neither of these things are a belief that is currently advocated by the Zeitgeist Movement or the Venus Project. In conclusion, it is very easy to call any group of people who hold a similar ideology a cult. It is also something that, because of its subjective nature, can be difficult to disprove. But as I have demonstrated in this article, the word cult has many definitions that refer to groups of people for different reasons. Obviously, the religious cult does not apply to us. The concept of a social cult, or a group of people who happen to hold the same ideology, or admire certain people for holding that ideology, applies to a lot of organizations, and is not by any means directly related to the idea of the religious cult. KISS fans come from all different religions, from cultures all over the world, and members of the Zeitgeist movement tend not to be religious and do not, uh, and also come from cultures all over the world. So if someone wanted to say that there was, say, a cult following of Jock Fresco or Peter Joseph, 
They could say the same thing of the cult of Barack Obama or the cult of Gandhi or the cult of the civil rights movement that tended to admire Martin Luther King. These distinctions could just as easily be made as the cult of Adolf Hitler. In essence, the word cult is so flexible in what it means that anyone who has really considered it should have a hard time taking anyone seriously who tries to use it in an attack. As stated in Wikipedia, the word originally denoted a system of ritual practices. The narrower, derogatory sense of the word is a product of the 20th century, especially since the 1980s, and is considered subjective. Subjective, meaning that it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people and is therefore not in of itself a concept that is solid in its foundations. So that's the end of the blog. I'm going to give now, we're kind of in the after open free conversation. If anybody wants to call in, I will be looking at the switchboard. If you would rather be added via Skype, um, just message me on Skype and I will add you to the call. My Skype is VTV115. We also have a toll-free number now for V-Radio, 1-877-483-3160. If you don't mind calling to the uh, local to New York number, that's 347-945-7747. You can find all of these actually at the link that you're likely using to listen to the show. So that being said, I will be minding the switchboard and also looking for anybody who may be wanting to you know, join the call. So I'm going to go ahead and start with afterthoughts. I'm going to start with you, Chibi. You know, what's your general analysis of everything we've discussed? Uh, I'm just nodding my head in agreement at this point. We'll see what everybody else says. If I have something to add later, I'll, I'll chime in. All right, go ahead, EJ. Well, basically what I want to... Um say is that if you look at like one, one of the things we talked about was culture we talked about a lot of like everything that we talked about was a certain type of culture so i mean if you take the base the, the the base word of culture is cult you know so everything that we have whether it be being the popular kid at school the jock the the gang member or um the 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 beachcomber, whatever. You're a group of people that have like ideas. You're a part of a cult or culture. So before you start sitting here and saying, well, not you, but uh, some before people start sitting here and saying that cult is always a bad thing, has to always do with religion, think about culture. It's all about culture. We don't say anything about the people who stick big plates in their lips. They're, they're a cult, they're, they're a tribe of people. That's their culture. But that, that is also considered a cult. Or we don't say anything about the people who stretch their necks. Or the people who, well, we kind of probably say something about the people who worship planes. They're called a cargo cult. You know, but the thing is, it's all about the culture, what you're raised around, what you come up in. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And before you start to try and say bad things about any particular culture, please learn more about it before you, you know, begin to open your mouth. Um, I'm sorry I have to cut this short, but hey, uh, Neil, I say thank you very much for having me on your show once again, uh, or having me on your show, and uh, hopefully I can have a time to sit with you guys again and talk again. Excellent. Well, I hope that more of my listeners will tune into your show, Life Talk with EJ. I'll be uh, posting more notifications about that on my Facebook group. That's another thing, guys. 
We've got a lot of you who are friends on Facebook, but you haven't joined the v, Fans of V Radio Facebook group. And if you don't, go ahead and uh, click on it. You can find it pretty easily um, and go from there. And thank you again for being on, EJ. I'll go ahead and let you go. Uh, um, thanks a lot for having me. No problem. Um, now I'm going to move on to uh, Say Diego. I'm sorry, I'm probably missaying that again. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, anyone who calls us a cult, they have a tendency to pick one little aspect, and it might be something that is a tenant of the movement or something that isn't, and then they'll project that onto the entire movement, and that is the basis of them calling us a cult. Like, um, for example, uh, say the anti- if someone's anti-vaccinations, which I am for most vaccinations anyway, or uh, thinking that veganism is the most healthy way to eat, like you said before. Those aren't like movement-defining aspects, but if someone is against them, they will use them that way to call us, oh, we're just a cult of anti-vaxxers or conspiracy theorists more broadly, like they'd say we're conspiracy theorists. Like I had an email conversation with, I don't know, someone, and he wouldn't stop badgering me about 9-11, and I just told him that I really didn't have enough information to make a real decision one way or the other, but I thought the official report was flawed. Like, even the people who wrote it have said that, but I don't have any proof that it was a false flag attack or anything like that. And it has nothing to do with the larger socioeconomic system that we're proposing. And all he did was respond with this large PDF file that I think he put together himself proving the official story of 9-11. And it was basically a watered-down version of the official report. But um, I, d- I kept trying to steer the conversation towards a resource-based economy, but he wouldn't allow it because we can't move past the fact that we're a conspiracy theory cult. We that, That's what we are because of, you know, one-third of the first movie that has nothing to do with the movement. Really. That is not even endorsed by Jacques Fresco. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> now, I'm going to go ahead and move on to Seth. Yeah. Um, one thing we didn't really touch on much is the, the whole idea of what cults do is they tend to want to recruit people. And I know that word is used in the movement to recruit people, and I get kind of uncomfortable when people say it. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, we're not really trying to recruit people, even though that use, word is used. We're trying to share information and uh, spread awareness. Uh, you know, when you recruit somebody, it's like they become part of your fold and you're responsible for them and it's like a mentor, uh, protege type scenario and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know... Um, uh, uh <laughs> I would never advocate going knocking door to door to tell people about the Zeitgeist Movement Means Project. <laughs> you know, um, I I really feel that there's enough people in the world right now that are have the same kind of thoughts that we do, but they just don't um, they don't know about our direction yet. Uh, I mean, recruiting is kind of a thing where you're trying to take somebody who's not uh, not into it and 
making them into it, so to speak. Well, you know, let me go ahead and comment on that a little bit. Um, I, I've heard that, and I've, I've also heard that used as a reference to say that we must be a cult. It's the idea that we actively, you know, pass out our information and stuff. And the point behind that and the motive behind that is to, quote-unquote, spread awareness, that thing that we say all the time that people hate because we're not building anything right this second. And it's not, a, you know, it is a matter of spreading the idea but it's not like we demand everybody who we talk to attend our meetings, get involved in the administration, or or even give donations. You know, otherwise we wouldn't be handing out free videos. You know, and I'm sure in many cases we've spent a hell of a lot more money on passing out videos and flyers than we have ever gotten back in donations. It tends to be something that just you kind of eat. Like in our local chapter in Michigan, nobody made any profit off of you know giving out DVDs. You know, that's that's kind of the whole point, is that it's it's not about making them join the zeitgeist movement. It's about making them aware of the fact that the technology exists to take care of everybody and that we could have a resource-based economy. It's about making them aware of the fact that, you know, if, if that if we treated things the way that Jacques is suggesting, we could get, you know, that there's a different approach, essentially, that could fix the planet. You know, and that's why I call it an, um, an activism group, you know, in activism, particularly like in environmental activism, for example, you know, um, you know, that, you know, their whole point is to spread awareness of the fact that whales are being mistreated, you know, or spread awareness of the fact that, you know, if they're feminists, you know, to talk about the way that women are being treated in other countries or, you know, things that people didn't know about. And in, in that instance, the Zeitgeist Movement is essentially devoted to teaching people about these technologies that all exist, that essentially, you know, the information involved is being suppressed by people who want to keep the capitalist system alive. And so that's just an example of what I was getting at. But it's not by any means a requirement. Like, I don't hand you a DVD for Zeitgeist expecting you to be active on the forums and the TS3. I mean, it'd be great if you would, but it's not like it's ever considered to be a condition of me giving you anything you know, um, do, do you understand what I'm saying, Seth? Right, right. I mean, yeah, I I, <laughs> I run into this when we have our chapter meetings sometimes, and I say, look, I don't want to get involved with um, outcomes. I don't want to get involved with being so worried about what is the result of our um, activism or spreading awareness. What what are we? All I want to do. <laughs> the goal is to just spread awareness mm-hmm. um, because, you know, um, I don't know how many people there are that already think the way we already do. Uh, um, but I I find when we're out on the street giving out literature and stuff like that, people say, oh, yeah, 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 you know, this is this is great. So... Um, it's it's kind of a different thing when when you're trying to recruit somebody. It's like going in and trying to get the, the heathens and, <laughs> and converting them, you know. And that's not where I'm at, you know. That's too much damn work, you know. I don't think and, anybody and running, has ever. I don't think anybody's ever suggested that we would do that, though, either. But I mean, and if you think about it, I mean, running a cult is too much damn work. I don't want anything to do with it, man. <laughs> Now, um, now, Chibi, you said that you'd like to get people into it that aren't. Do you want to comment or define what you mean by that? 
Well, that's touchy. I don't know how to word that properly. Uh, I was just thinking um, when I was listening to listening to the conversation that, uh, oh, yeah, we're not trying to, like, get people into it that aren't already. And actually, no, I, I actually do feel like I, I would like to get people into it that aren't into it. I mean, I wasn't into it. Now I am. So uh, I, I don't look at it as a religious group that I've joined that I have to be part of for life or anything like that. Uh, it's just information that I, I didn't know, didn't have access to, didn't understand at one point. Now I do. Uh, right. To a more of a degree than I did. I, I think there's still a lot lot to learn. Uh, you know, um, the episode... Oh, no, go ahead and finish, and I'll go. I'm sorry, I thought you were done. Well, uh, no, go ahead. The episode of, of South Park that got... Uh, Oh, I always forget the gentleman's name. The person who did the voice for Chef, he left the South Park crew because of the episode they did about Scientology, because he was involved in the Church of Scientology. Uh, Isaac Hayes. Right. Now, uh, Isaac Hayes. So, anyway, in that episode of South Park, you know, they bring Stan in. They tell him, hey, you, you, you apparently are very unhappy. You've got all these problems. We'd like to fix them for you. That'll be $100. You know, like, it, right off the bat, I mean, he was already being, you know, mind you, it's a parody, but still, you know, that's an example of a cult that's a recruiting. Pitch. Yeah, yeah. It's a sales pitch of recruiting. Yeah, yeah, I don't go about it like that. Uh, well, it's not just that it's a sales pitch. It's also that the whole intention was to get people in so that they can contribute monetarily. And, like, in my local Michigan chapter... They, you know, he does pass around and say, "Hey, if you know, I have this project I'm working on. I want to give out DVDs. If anybody would like to donate, feel free." Nobody ever says you have to donate this much money to be part of the Zeitgeist movement. There's no membership fee. There's no dues. You know, nobody is expecting anything of you. You know, if you want to help, then great. But it, it's not a condition. You know, it's like even for V Radio. You know, I don't – if people have suggested that I should find some way to make it some exclusive thing that people have to pay to get into, and I, I refuse to do that. I, I prefer to go along the lines of it as kind of like the, the way that PBS works. It's public broadcasting. You know, people who, you know, who basically want you know feel that they're getting something out of it, donate whatever you think it's worth. Don't put yourself out. You know, I, I, I wish I didn't even need it at all. <laughs> but – and that's why V-Radio was free for a long time, and then it went up just a little bit. And now, because of the financial situation in my house, it's up a whole lot, you know, and I owe a lot to my listeners as a result. But but I also don't make it a, a necessity. It's not a requirement. If you want to listen to V-Radio, that's never an issue. If you feel compelled to donate, then go ahead. But it's not a requirement. You know, I don't recruit listeners for V-Radio. If, if people want to listen and people want to contribute, then that's fine. But it's never a condition, you know, I guess is the point that I wanted to get at. Now, um say days ago <laughs> going to say that a billion ways that are wrong that was the right one there you yeah, go. yeah i got it right okay go ahead um it's actually going back to what uh seth was saying before this but it's just the way i look at it is you know you're making people aware and then it is always their choice whether or not they want to become an active member of the movement of promoting the idea in any way there's no pressure on anyone to be active or to continue being active even if they were or decided to stop there's it's uh like 
a very loose environment. Like even in my chapter, we have people coming and going all the time, and it's uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem very cult-like, I guess. Well, I would say there is pressure, but it doesn't come from us. The pressure to do these things uh, doesn't come from our sales pitch. It yeah, it has to come yeah. from your own desire to want to contribute. Right. And the state of things around you and the state of uh, society or, or humanity or whatever you want to call it. Uh, exactly, yeah, that would I, affect Yeah, you. I do take a very serious approach to this, uh, personally anyways. Uh, not saying the movement thinks about it this way or anything, but I do think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm really almost anti-optimism uh, at this, uh, not optimism when it comes to certain things, but the American form of optimism where, you know, people tend to not want to think about any sort of problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to, you know, and I do uh, tend to point to certain things out because they do need to be addressed. Uh, if they're ignored, then they'll just grow or they'll stay. You know, one of the, generally they'll grow, but it depends on what we're talking about. Um, so, I do think uh, at least it, it depends on who you're approaching and everything. There's a different approach for everyone, but uh, I do think it's important that people uh, become aware of, of some of the issues and the consequences of those issues and the, that we will have to face as a species, as a, as a planetary system, whatever. Uh, well, yeah, and then when you're recruiting oh, – no, go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I'm just saying I, I take that seriously. I think that's very important. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not recruiting with a sales pitch saying, "Hey, I can fix all your problems," uh, and I'm, you know, this is your savior or anything like that. But I do say, look, there's a lot of stuff that you might not have realized, um, and there's some stuff that you might have recognized in your day-to-day life. And here's the here's some of the things some of the things that might be part of the source of it. And how we can correct this in the future, perhaps, you know, that sort of thing. Um, that's kind of the approach I take anyways. And um, and I do try to um, convince some people to understand those issues and understand why the issues that they do experience in day-to-day life um, can be explained on a, on a larger scale and in a way that they can realize that, oh, okay, there are solutions out there, and I don't have to just live with this and pretend it's not there and, and be optimistic and happy and put on a fake smile every day. I actually just thought of a way to, to explain this, um, it, because it, it really is it is an activism group, it, it's and it's not a cult in the aspect that, you know, for example, you know, there are activism groups like Greenpeace. Sometimes they pass out literature, you know, and, yeah, they encourage people to go to their meetings, that that's that doesn't mean they're a cult. It, it just means that they have a, a mission. They're they're activists. They're trying to bring about you know certain knowledge for people to have, you know, and so they pass out literature and information, and that's kind of the the point. You know, yeah, they would like it if people showed up at their meetings, but these people don't chase you down and force you to be participating. So yeah, that's exactly it. I think you worded it perfectly there. We actually have a caller, so I'm going to bring them on. Caller from the 318 area code. You're on the air. Hey, this is Chris from Zeitgeist, Louisiana. Oh, hey, Chris. What's up? Did you have something you wanted to contribute? Yeah, two things, actually. Uh, you mentioned Scientology a minute ago. You mentioned all the money that they charge you uh, to be a part of that group. Mm-hmm. There's one other role the money plays. Once a person has 
for lack of a better term, invested two or three hundred thousand dollars into this group, it becomes a means of retention. They're not likely to leave and throw away that investment. Right. But one other point on the topic of cults, there's one other distinguishing factor that uh, that, that uh, separates TZM from any cult-like behavior, and that's the fact that we're not separated from mainstream society. We're not isolated. The Brents Davidians had their compound. Jonestown was, of course, right in the middle of Guyana. They were separated from society. TZM, on the other hand, is integrated with it. We have people everywhere, and we're trying to work openly with society. We're we're transparent in every possible way. Right. That's very true. You know, actually... You know, you're right. And I think that they would point, they would try to say that the fact that we, that our forums, a lot of these, this is one of the reasons I keep coming back to the forums, one of the reasons I keep saying a lot of these people are, are motivated by the fact that they were banned from the forums, and that's why they're saying we're a cult, because they think that's this big exclusive thing. You don't have to be a member of the forums to read the forums. Anybody can read right. them. You know, and you, we don't let you participate if you're just going to be there to spam your own issue. You know, but any group would do that. You know that's that's why I use the example of you know of somebody's home. These are the, the these are the sociological aspects of the internet that we're still exploring, you know. But it, it's basically rude for you to you know to go to somebody else's group and cause problems. But that's not us basically saying, you know, uh, that we're separate from the world. You know, if we were also, we wouldn't be going out of our way to engage people and to talk to them and to try to teach them about things. You know, that's that's basically I, I see exactly what you're saying as Chibi put nicely put. So, I mean, did you have anything further? Um, well, yeah, as far as people getting banned from the forum, that's, and that's where some of these cult argument trolls come from. Is uh, And I've, I've argued with them on more than one occasion. Someone will get banned off of the forum, and I'll, I, and I'll stumble into one of them ranting on a blog somewhere. And they'll basically declare by, uh, uh, by self-appointed fiat that getting banned from the forum means getting banned from the movement. And, of course, I'll, I'll sweep in and correct them. No, 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 you just got banned from one communication medium. You're in the movement if you agree with the direction. You didn't get banned from the movement. We don't do that. And, of course, they'll come back and declare, yes, I did, I got banned from the movement just because I got banned from the forum. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, whatever, bye. <laughs> well, that's, you know, and that's the other thing is that, you know, we don't go, you know, for example, like in a, uh, extremist Islam, like they, they would tell Muhammad Ali when he was allowed to practice Islam and when he wasn't, <laughs> based on how, you know, whether or not they, they thought that he was, uh, you know, up to the task. Like when he was champion, you know, he, you know, he was a Muslim. And then when he lost the championship, they told him that he disgraced them so that he wasn't, he wasn't allowed to be a Muslim anymore. Now, mind you, this is that funky Farrakhan version of Islam. It's not mainstream Islam. It's the black racist Islam. Um, and, uh, you know, that's an example of the kind of exclusion. We don't do any of that. We don't tell these people that they, you know, that they can't continue to participate. It's just, it's a matter of your conduct. If you're, if you're in a meeting and you're causing problems in that meeting, you're going to be asked to leave. Any group does that. If you can't conduct yourself like an adult, go grow up, you know? (laughs) And that's the other thing. People come back to the forums too. You know, there are very rare, it's very rare. I can think of maybe two people 
who would probably never be allowed back on the forums no matter what they said. You know, you can petition basically. You can say, hey, okay, sorry about that. Not going to do that anymore. I agree. I'm going to come back to the forums now. You know, we ban people for their behavior, you know, and, and, and they can come back as long as they just agree to, you know, to not be jerks. It's not about, you know, well, you're going to have to do penance and you're going to have to pay extra money or any of this other jerk. You know, it's stop being a jackass. Then you can come back to the forums. You know, so um, in any case, uh, so basically that being said, obviously I, I definitely agree with what it is that you were saying. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, cool. Well, you can stay on the call. We've only got about five minutes left for this particular edition of E-Radio. Um, uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll I'll jump out now just in case somebody else wants in. Okay, well, there's nobody else on the line right now, but thank you for calling in. Most of you people, chicken out. <laughs> I, I paid right. for a toll-free number for you people. You have no excuse now, so call in. There's like 50 people in the chat room right now, so I know there's usually three times that many that are actually listening. So... All right, get um, to later, Neil. Um, yep, good to be on. Did you want to say something, Seth? Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, you know you, you want to you want to talk about the two-way communication that this group I posted in the Blog Talk Radio the address the web address of the group I used to belong to. Mm-hmm. They don't have a forum. There's no way for their members to interact with each other online on their official website. Um, that's pretty telling of the kind of group that they are. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. Um, there is no way for them to do that. You know, I imagine that they, they weigh things very carefully. You know, and that's that's one of the things we're going to get into in the next show that was one of the accusations was they said that we have these private areas of the forums and supposedly we have all these private meetings. You know, and I'm just like, that's all BS. There's an area in the forums for moderators to talk about moderation things. And some of the reason why that gets done is because we discuss things like people's IP addresses and where they live when we're trying to discern if somebody is a returning troll. That's not information for everybody. You know, do you want your personal information where you live, you know, going out everywhere? Obviously not. You know, so, um, and the private meetings thing is also bunk. Every now and then we'll have a private talk about somebody's, you know, once again, somebody's behavior on the forums because it isn't necessary to drag everybody into the drama. You know, but all of our meetings, particularly the ones where decisions are made, the international meetings, the, you know, all that, that's all public. You know, anybody can come and sit in there. And that's also, like, people accuse Peter and Jock about being some kind of totalitarian dictators. An excellent example of how that's BS, got, you know, came up recently during the newsletter meeting. There was a bunch of people in the newsletter meeting who were not members of the newsletter team. And I said, okay, so who here exactly is in the newsletter team? And I phrased it in such a way because I knew I was going to get a reaction like they thought that I was going to tell them they had to leave. And then, of course, a couple of people fessed up and they said, well, yeah, I'm not on the newsletter team. I'm like, yet you're participating in this meeting, right? They're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's proof positive. There is no hierarchy. No, nobody, nobody is in charge here. There are people who are chairing this meeting who are essentially making sure we don't talk over top of each other, but there is no hierarchy. So... I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We're now down to the last, like, 60 seconds or so. Um, thank you guys all for being part of the show. I generally have a little after-show talk when the show is over. Everybody, please consider supporting V-Radio with a donation, because, after all, I'm part of some, you know, big evil cult, and I'm here to take your money. Um, <laughs> actually, um, I just... Uh, 
take those donations and continue to spread awareness and, and help people with critical thinking. So if you value this show, please consider a donation, and I will still help you with any, in any way, whether you donate or not. But if you want that super special cultish, you know, uh, Luciferian stuff, that's going to cost money. <laughs> anyway, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And um, thank you for – I'm just going to leave you now with some episodes or, or episodes with some words from Jock Fresco and Roxanne Meadows. This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is Jock Fresco. And you're listening to V Radio.